0: Hi all, Rob here. Just a little spoiler, um, Jack Ward will join us halfway through this episode, and Jack had a few mic problems, which get even worse at an oddly appropriate time, um, which make him sound like kind of what we're discussing, but he really isn't talking to us from the future, it's just microphone problems. We apologize about this, and the majority of the problems do go away after a little bit. So please don't give up on us when you hit the rough patch. Enjoy the episode.
1: mobilized by the secret masters they are the department of nerdly affairs
0: hello operatives and welcome to the department of nerdly affairs i'm your host rob patterson here with my co-host don chisholm i don't have a routine
1: this week either but perhaps i will in the future
0: okay then All right. So and tonight, as uh, Don has so hinted at, we are going to be talking about time travel, specifically time travel in popular culture, uh, since we don't currently know any ways to actually time travel. Although by sheer coincidence, the day we're recording this, there was an article in the BBC online about a physicist who thinks they've got a way to time travel which to me sounds like a great way to end up somewhere in empty space and never seen a game, <laughs> which, which is probably the reason why we've never seen an actual time traveler. And cause that's always been my problem with the whole time travel genre is that yes, you can time tra- travel back in time, but you wouldn't be in the current location. The earth isn't in the same spot it was back then. Mm-hmm. And you're not, and even the earth, even if it was on the earth, the earth is spinning. So you're going to end up in a different spot on the planet, unless you can compensate for that too. I mean, the only one I ever saw actually kind of work with that, and I'll give them points for it, was, of course, Doctor Who, because Mm. the TARDIS is what time and relative dimensions in space, which was their fancy way of saying that the TARDIS moves not through just time, but also space, Uh, Mm. unlike H.G. Wells' time machine, of course, which, uh, as far as I know, only moves through time, and that would have been a bit of a problem. Right. So... Anyway, I'm sorry, I'm jumping off. I'm uh, getting a little ahead of myself here. Um, but since we're talking time travel, there's no harm in mentioning the classics right off the bat, since mm-hmm. most people are familiar with Doctor Who and, of course, H.G. Wells' Time Machine, which, thanks right. to it being public domain, is probably one of the most ripped off time travel <laughs> stories of all time. Yeah, Pun intended.
1: You've, you've kind of hit on on the big issue, I think, with right? time travel and popular, popular entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those things we don't have a real world scientific model for time travel
0: for a good reason yes
1: yeah we, we it's it's even what time itself actually is is still the realm of like theoretical science right but everybody acts like we do
0: have a solid feasible model of it, which is a bit weird but okay yeah I, I'm not quite sure why we act that way.
1: Yeah, there's there's got to be a term for that that idea because there's a lot of different things that I don't think people, as even patrons of the nerdly arts, realize aren't real things but are treated like they are. Right. Okay. Uh, the uh, the best example I can think of is uh, the three rules of robotics. Right. You know, robots cannot harm a human. Blah blah blah. That's yep. not a real thing. Asimov made that up for a series of stories. Yeah, it was a gimmick for a specific series of stories. Mm. But anybody, you always see, if they have like sentient robots in something, they always reference those three laws like it's something actual, like it's an actual, in real life, the people making AIs have written this up and are are, are actually applying it.
0: And, well, they're trying to, but the problem is, is that even in Asimov's own story, the three laws didn't work. That was kind mm. of one of the points. Right. It's like, okay, we're going to build in these three laws that in the story cause robots to go a little wacky and kill humans. So why would you do that? That that doesn't quite work. <laughs> it's almost like you're guaranteeing you want things to go off the rails, but of course they will anyway. That's right. Elemental chaos theory teaches that all robots will invariably go mad and turn on their creators. Is that from Futurama? That's no, from The Simpsons. Right. Well, okay, there we go. I knew <laughs> yeah. I heard that one before. Yeah.
1: And this will happen in 14 days. And you see a robot killing a. Oh, sorry. forgot to carry a decimal. 14 minutes.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> That's one there of we go. Favorite, one of my favorite quotes. Yeah, there we go. And, well, we can talk about, you know, robot death machines from the future in a minute. But um, <laughs> we will get to them eventually. But, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of things that I think that people, I agree with you, have taken to be the, quote, unquote, laws of time travel. When in mm. fact there are no laws of time travel, it's just so purely theoretical. There are no laws at all.
1: Yeah, and it's it's the it's there's a lot of stuff. We got to come up
0: with a term for that because there are a lot of things. Like you get the
1: same thing if you look at um, we've mentioned before how extraterrestrials work. Mm. We don't know. We've never met one. We know very little about the universe. But everybody will act like certain theories about what they would likely be like mm-hmm. are a given.
0: Yeah. Yep, very true. And oh, there, yeah.
1: there's a lot of stuff that it's it's really odd. that It will work like this. We do not know. But everybody who writes in a genre that that applies to just assumes those things.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, I guess a lot of my knowledge of, of uh, time travel, this is going to sound weird, comes from, and this is going to sound very weird, but comes from old DC comic books. Uh I grew up reading (laughs) DC comic books back in the days and I would read stuff out of the bargain bin, right? So especially the Mm -hmm. 50s and 60s ones, which are just filled with Superman time traveling or Batman time traveling. And they came up with all their own weird internal logic laws for time travel. Mm -hmm. And then Marvel Comics did something similar as well. They have their own laws for time travel also.
1: They do, but they don't come up as much. Um, Case in point, one of the running gags in the old DC heroes role-playing game was, no. Nope, these are the absolute final rules for time travel again.
0: Right. So, exactly. Always going to change. Can't be helped. <laughs> well, that
1: gets to the, the two. If you talk time travel, there's two broad schools of thought. Okay. What are they? That you cannot change the past and
0: that you can change, change the, past. the past. Right. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I guess it just depends on who's writing the story. Duh.
1: Yeah, it does. And, and there's other things you can, you can, you can bring in because what time travel actually is, mm-hmm. is another, another big variable. Like we've well, got kind of one method nowadays that most things use. Right. But when you go back historically, time travel was different things. And right. it's weird. It's weird that there are different eras where those stories seem to be a little bit popular.
0: And right. they all tend to glom onto to the same kind of idea. Okay, yeah, I can see that. We can change the history or we can't change the history. But if we can't change history, doesn't that make the story kind of pointless? It kind of does because that
1: was where you got the uh, the the concept of, of paradox. Hmm. That sometimes if you go back in time to change the past, you don't change the past because you've already gone back in time and changed the past. So that's part of history. So
0: it can't not be happening. Right, right. Yeah. This is going to get weird, but okay, cool. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I get it. And that every time you, every little thing you do is going to change things. So by the continuity you live in, you always did that thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's one of the ways that
1: they, uh, that you, you see a lot of stories, especially if they're, they're like a historical drama. Mm. That if you go back, you're not actually changing things because you had already done that.
0: Yeah, you'd already done it. You just didn't realize it.
1: Which leads to the another weird aspect. If you have a story where you can change the
0: past, mm-hmm. nobody would ever know. That's true, because it was always that way.
1: Yeah, and, and it's, it's something... Like, I haven't seen that one dealt with too much. Right. I think because it sort of almost amounts to, it was all a dream, kind of, thing, and people hate that.
0: Yeah. But- well, I generally don't like time travel stories i did that confession up front i yeah because they can only end one of those two ways you either changed history or you didn't change history i find them kind of pointless right. and very often they have an ending where it erases everything that happened or yes they changed history but that was always meant to be so it didn't really matter and they never had free will to begin with right. so i don't know for some reason i find that annoying time travel stories come with, with their own built-in reset button yeah. And that's just something that bugs the hell out of me. I yeah. just hate that.
1: I can see that cuz I've I've only really ever seen one time travel story that kind of made good use of that. Mhm. And that was uh Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. They did, that's true. But but it was that idea if you remember when they're they're trying to uh, to escape from the police station. Mm-hmm. What do we do and then it find like there'd be a note in the wall, quick duck and they duck. We have to remember to go back and do that. Yep. And 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 that's if and the second one had the same, the big confrontation at the end where the bad guy had one too. So just all kinds of seemingly random events were affecting the fight because they were both going back in time after they had won yep. and resetting everything.
0: Yep. It took Doctor Who like 20 years before he actually tried that stuff.
1: Well, Doctor Who went from a, another one of those things that a lot of people consider absolute mm-hmm. is that you can't actually change time. And trying to affect your own timeline creates kind of an infinite loop that destroys the universe.
0: Yeah. Which meant that in Dr. Who, the universe should have been destroyed a long time ago
1: in theory. Um, but again, it's another one of those things that it kind of sounds good. And a lot of people accept that that's how it works, but
0: there's all kinds of other ways. There's no reason it has to work like that. Hmm. I always found the DC comics one interesting where, If you go back to a time when you already existed, this was how Mm -hmm. DC handled it, you were like a ghost. You couldn't interact with anything Mm -hmm. because that was their way to prevent... You know, So Superman, if you went back to a time when he existed, he couldn't do anything. He could just watch events happen, but he couldn't actually affect them or play with them or anything like that. And this was their excuse, of course, to have him go back and see events and whatever. Uh, But it -hmm. was a different way to tell stories, which is fine. That's okay, but... Actually, know, oddly enough, I just watched today, um, there's an anime series that just started called uh, Natsu no Arashi. Okay. Okay. Or The Summer of Arashi, as it would be. It's an anime series. It's obviously based on an old manga from the style. Um, And it seems to be about this girl and boy who, if they touch each other, have the ability to go back in time. Right they can actually transport themselves back in time just by, you know, they just hold hands and they can, like, it's basically this teenage nerd kid and his crush, basically. And if they hold hold their, hold hands, they can go back in time. But the weirdest part is, is that they follow the DC rule. If they go back to a time when they were already there or anywhere near their own presence, they turn into a ghost. Right. And then the other one who's not there has to actually go do do that stuff. But it's only if they get near each other. You're okay. near their old, uh, so they can't actually interact with their previous self. Right, that's kind of the rule it follows. It, I just thought that was odd. It's like, yeah, hey, they're following the DC rule, <laughs> or at least the old DC rule. Again, DC rules change, as you've noted. Well, a
1: lot of stuff kind of follows that that uh that idea because it, it comes from that idea that uh, something can't exist mm-hmm. in two places at the same time. Exactly. And that was where they came up with that notion that if you go back to your own timeline, Mm -hmm. um, either you can't do it. A lot of stories will just say you just can't appear in that time. Or like you say, you can watch, but you
0: can't change things. Yep. And that's just a very convenient way to prevent you from changing the PS3. Yeah, yeah, because time
1: travel is kind of like magic in some ways that... Mm-hmm. it works really good if it's in the service of some bigger allegory mm. but if it's a thing unto itself it causes problems because like you said any story that has time travel in it generally can never end because what's to say we beat the villain and then he just goes back and beats you again but we go back and beat that guy again and
0: then and yep. It, no and, I, I mean that's have you seen Doctor Strange? the a, new version the new movie the movie no no okay so then i won't spoil there's an element of time travel in that because he has the he has the eye of agamato involves like the ability to manipulate time right so kind of what you're talking about is close to what happens in dr strange okay um, a version of it anyway um so yeah that's that's definitely a bit of a problem with time travel stories Mm -hmm. and it's probably been that way since the beginning i think we should probably go back and talk a little bit about the history of time travel stories unless there's something else you want to cover
1: no this is another one and ironically given
0: the topic that we're going to have to sort of jump around okay so this is going to be an asynchronous or a, (laughs) a chronological episode um so let's so let's jump back in time to the very, 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 very first time travel story, at least that that we know of offhand, and there might be earlier ones. Mm-hmm. Um, the earliest one that we know of offhand is Memoirs of the 20th Century, was written by Samuel Madden in 1733. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that you can go back further. Okay. There's two examples
1: of time travel, sort of. Mm-hmm. That I'm going to say, and I'm going to say you can go back to prehistory, okay, likely the earliest days of the human race, and talk about precognition. Okay. That the idea of telling the future is a type of time travel. It's kind of the DC thing in reverse. It's that right. I can project my consciousness, however, and see what's going to happen. I can see the events that will play out. Right. Okay. And I'm going to, that that has, it puts the idea of time travel out there. There's the, the caveat that uh, in ancient times, even today, hell, a lot of people think it's really a thing mm-hmm. that you can predict the future. Right. But it's not something I would say is a scientific certainty.
0: Yes. We, let's go with that.
1: But it, it, it puts that idea that we're not entirely fixed in time. Into the consciousness.
0: Well, we're not fixed in time, though. We are always moving forward in time.
1: Well, we are. But again, that idea that we're not just moving forward, that we can kind of
0: jump the line every now and then. Right. That's true. Um, although, there might be something to that. And I don't mean that in the psychic kind of way. Although, not 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 to uh, disparage any psychics out there. But... Mm there but there is the ideas that we've been discovering things like quantum entanglement and stuff like that which is actually a real thing apparently um mm-hmm. that you can actually for example cause um molecules at different places to affect each other and things right. like that at different points in present time to affect each other who's to say that we wouldn't that we're not actually in inadvertent ways or however able to you know affect uh atoms or even affect things at other points of time on a very small scale that we're not aware of. And maybe maybe some things can go back or forth in time that we're not we're not consciously aware of, but is actually happening. See, and that gets to that idea that we know very, we don't even really know what
1: time is. Yeah, I I was gonna bring that up. Yeah, we don't, really, not at all. Yeah, the the best explanation I've ever seen was a comedian back in the eighties. And I forget I forget his name. Mm-hmm but he said that time is that which prevents everything from happening all at once. Kind of. Yeah. And, and that's pretty much the best definition I've ever heard.
0: Yeah. Time is just something that seems to exist to delineate what, and to spread out what is happening, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, what, what exactly is it? We have no idea. I mean, maybe Neil deGrasse Tyson could come on and tell us or something like that. And he's welcome too. anytime you want on the show, Neil, just ask. <laughs> uh, but, uh, Uh, but, you know, or, or maybe, you know, Hawking might've been able to give us a better definition or something. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, what, what exactly is time? Like, what does that, what does it actually mean? And uh, the truth is it's like gravity. We really just don't know. Yeah. Don't know what this stuff is.
1: And they've, they've proven Mm -hmm. not in a dramatic sense that time doesn't flow the same for everybody. Mm Mm-hmm. The, that that was, go. Oh, sorry. oh, but it's like uh, like how Einstein was saying that, the closer you get to the speed of light, mm-hmm. time slows down. Yeah, and they've shown that they did experiments with um, with a uh, orbital, orbitable, orbit, or orbiting, and we all stick with that, with orbiting um, uh, spacecraft and that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, that
1: they've put atomic clocks on them, and they've had a similar atomic clock on Earth, and they've discovered. Because an orbiting vehicle travels extremely fast. Yes, it does. We don't think of it. But remember, you're you're orbiting the entire planet in like a day or so. So they're moving at just tremendous speeds. Mm-hmm. And they would come back and the clock on the spaceship would be a little bit behind the one on Earth. Yeah. Not by a dramatic amount, by maybe like a, a couple thousandths of a second. But... But it's enough to demonstrate that there might be something to this idea that... The mm. faster you go, the slower time moves for you.
0: Right. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons why, in theory, you might actually be able to have um, people travel to distant stars. And, oh my God, it's Jack Ward talking to us from the future. Well, this is a surprise. All right. Welcome welcome to the show, Jack. Welcome back again. Well, um,
2: thank you so much. I, I'm so glad to be included a little late, but here. So catch me up. You are talking about Star Trek. Well,
0: yes. Uh, we were just talking about how um, Star Trek uses uh, the warp drive system to get around the whole issue of time travel by basically the warp bubble wraps you in this bubble of space and time that keeps you at kind of galactic constant time. So that if you travel between planets, it's only the travel time that's involved. And both planets, their rel- their local times, are effectively still synchronized with each other. And you can move between them right. without... It, without undergoing um, time dilation effects thanks to that meanie Einstein who said that you can't travel faster than light and that uh, things get slower as you get closer to the speed of light.
2: Yeah, it's Star Trek's version of of uh, the Star... Well, Star Wars had its version with hyperspace. Mm. It's just sort of like an ultra space that you cut in and yep. out of it, yep, kind right,
0: of thing. Yep. Don mentioned that too, yeah. We were just starting to hit uh, the timeline for the different stories of uh, when time travel started to appear in popular culture because that is our topic today. And um Don had brought up that some stories which are about precognition are actually also time travel stories. And there's some fairly old ones.
1: That's really cool. Um, Why well, I'd, I'd say not just the stories, like the idea going back to our, our primitive ancestors that you can mystically per, like see the future puts that idea of, of time as not a, a constant into the uh, into the, the heads of the masses.
0: That's true. So in that sense, the the time travel story is is almost as old as humankind itself, because we've Mm -hmm. always had seers. We've always had people that said they could predict the future. Yeah. In one form or another. But the actual first time travel story, in terms of someone actually physically going around, as far as we know, is Memoirs of the 20th Century by Samuel Madden in 1733.
1: Right. Although Mm -hmm. I would say that there's a bit... There's one th- sort of idea in between. Oh. And it kind of ties into it. It's where you're starting to approach closer to fiction. Mm-hmm. But if you remember, if you go back to like the, the Middle Ages, even before, there was the idea of the fey folk.
0: Right. That's true. Oh, yeah. That, and they could pull you out of time.
1: Yeah. And that's what the, mm-hmm. they would do that if you, if you joined in their games or if you took from their, their food and drink. Mm-hmm. it shifted you into their world and there were all stories of people who would go away with the fae and party for a couple of days and come back and it'd be like a hundred years later the rip van winkle approach
0: yeah yeah which did actually rip van winkle of course is an actual story um rip van winkle itself was written in 1819 by washington irving although yeah. it's very possible that he was actually just basing that of course on actual fae folk legends of the time he was just writing it down yeah they're there's a catch that you get to, mm-hmm.
1: and we were sort of talking about that, how they things come in waves. Right, yeah, that's true. Uh, because the Memoirs of the 20th Century, you mentioned what the story is, it's a guy's guardian angel who goes to the far-off future of 1997, and mm-hmm. he brings back letters to this guy about what happens. Um, there's a couple stories around that time that feature that sort of idea. Of, of like a, a fairy or an angel or that that's either bringing something back or sending people to the future. Mm-hmm. You get to Rip Van Winkle and you get to this weird thing that becomes a running theme for a while in time travel that losing consciousness lets you slip out of the time stream.
0: Right. Yeah, that's true. Um, and we'll see that at, at, or time or space, of course, uh, if, if we're talking about John Carter of Mars. So, okay, that's true. Um, and, the That technically would mean that the first one where people slip out of the time stream then would be um, Rip Van Winkle. Yeah. that. that. Mm-hmm. Although technically there is one before there. Uh, Jonathan Herming Wessel in wrote NO7603 7, in 1781, mm-hmm. where a good fairy sends people to the year 7603. And they find themselves in a society where gender roles are reversed and only women are soldiers. Wow. Yep. That's a that's another weird running theme
1: of the day too, that you end up in these like future worlds where like women are big and strong and men are like weak and subservient. Yep. Very Freudian years before Freud.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, human <laughs> consciousness, soul, Jungian stuff, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> so,
2: so here's a mm-hmm? question though. Cause I think, I think Don brings a really interesting thing. There's, I, I, I know of three effective science fiction styles of ways of handling um, time travel, mm-hmm. but, but Dawn brings in something which is sort of like um suggestions of reincarnation in that. So if somebody mm-hmm. is, is if for example there's a woman and and I forget her name, but um she was just like this average woman who didn't write books or anything like that, but then suddenly had written this book about this other life. Um, like uh a, way way back in the past the stuff she could have never known kind of thing and people were quite fascinated by this this uh, tale that she told of this hmm. person's life and she wrote it basically with the skills of this other person that was supposedly her past life right so, right. so it, was, it was a fact I forget her name I remember listening to it on Mysterious Universe and going that's really interesting so was reincarnation really time travel like what, what, like, what is time travel then if if. Are, are we talking about physically traveling? Are we talking about mentally traveling? Because one of the things they talk about is, you know, we may be able to see into the future, like have like some kind of visor that can show us like what the future would look like hmm. more easily than actually traveling there. Is that time travel?
1: Well, I'd probably say that, yeah, it's definitely, it's 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 a type. Right. That uh, we were talking uh, just before you got in. The modern version of what time travel is, kind of comes from H.G. Wells. Sure, because mm-hmm. we believe you have a device or an effect or a spell that lets you right. physically transcend, like the actual flow of time. Mm-hmm. But I would definitely, yeah, because oh, go ahead,
2: because I, you know, I was just going to say because, um, uh, the guy you just mentioned who fell asleep, he just fell asleep, Rip and Winkle, <laughs> he yeah. didn't. Rip Van Winkle. You know, he just fell asleep. Thank you. Rip Van Winkle. It's not like he specifically used a device to purposefully move himself through time into the future. Yeah. Right. I mean, you can go back and say King Arthur is, you know, effectively a time traveler because he's supposed to be asleep waiting for uh, England's greatest need. Right. Maybe Jesus is the first time trying John because he's going to return, but that's that's a that's a diff well no not, you could argue it well because the, the, the thing to, is, be fair, the, to be fair to be fair, it's no more different uh, uh like transmutation than John carter mm-hmm. hmm. right because he, he creates a body he he you know it's an astral projection of some sort that you know right who's to say?
0: Well, except for the thing is that, okay, for example, Jesus, he said, I'm oh, going to return. But that doesn't happen within the context of the story itself. A character saying someday I'll return doesn't make that a time travel story. The character, the, the, to make it a time travel story, the character would have to actually return during the, uh, the events of the story. They would have to actually sure move around within the events of the story. Or, Absolutely. or be able to, I guess, maybe if we want to open to Don's definition, see events that occur at another point in time or whatever uh, during that story. Um, because yeah. that's where things get a little wonky. Depending on I, whether you're physically doing it or whether you're quasi-physically doing it, like the John Carter version. Yeah, because I, I think what Jack's getting at, it does set up a potential
1: time travel story. But Mm. until that chapter is written, it's kind of
0: a not yet time travel story. Yeah, it has the potential. I mean, people have written King Arthur stories where he wakes up in modern day and Mm -hmm. hangs out with gangsters and stuff. I mean, okay, that happens. Usually he has romances, but whatever. Anyway, the point is, is that um, he that people have done that at that point, it does become a time travel story if you want to count it that way. Right. Uh, this the same as Buck Rogers would actually be a time travel story because he goes to sleep in a cave and wakes up in the year uh, 2419. Mm-hmm.
2: That's that's one of the versions. Of course, the, the 1970s version had a whole different thing.
0: Yeah. He, the last of America's deep space probes that went in and he gets right. he gets frozen in space and then comes back again. That's right. They yeah. actually he doesn't even does he really come back or did they just find his ship wandering around in the galaxy and they happen to bring it back.
2: It's the draconians that find yeah. him first mm-hmm. and, and they def- defrost him kind of thing. And then he comes back and uh, they're, they're going to use him at some point. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, inter- yes. it's, it's interesting when you think about it, that, that uh, the whole, the, the cave thing is, is stolen. It's taken straight out of John Carter, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it's the exact same thing. Damn, damn that mine gas. <laughs> <laughs> Time traveling mine gas is the well, best. What year was
0: John Carter <laughs> written? Do you know?
2: 1926
0: 1926 yeah because the Ar- i believe armageddon 2419 which is buck rogers basically is uh the original novel version because remember there's the comic strip later on is from 1928 yep. so yep. they had probably so if that's the case they had probably read it they probably just said yeah that sounds good and that's what that's what they went with um keep in mind the idea of falling asleep had been you know uh Mark Twain used it, a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court in eighteen eighty nine.
1: Yeah, but he didn't right. he didn't fall asleep. He got hit in the head. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Oh right, he did, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah one of his uppity that's workers right. clocked him with a with like a monkey wrench or something. Well, he's technically
0: <laughs> asleep, sort of.
2: <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it was serialized in nineteen twelve, A Princess of Mars. Oh, well there you but go. But I think it actually came together later in in an actual novel form. But right, that's yeah. uh yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, you're right. No, and the thing is, everybody said very much that, uh, that at The Princess of Mars, the reason why everybody talks about John Carter is that he literally was the like the forerunner of all of these kind of thing. Mm-hmm. He was the first sort of sword and sorcery guy, the first um, guy who, who did this kind of pulp action story stuff. Yeah. So it's interesting that he added this kind of strange uh, time travel bit into it. Well, it's not... And I do say strange because it's... it's you got to get your head around it and come come on one side or another. And I know this because I'm actually doing the audio drama right now of a Princess of Mars. Right. So we had to sit down and say, okay, so what is it going to be? <laughs> because is he is because he, you have to, he, he has a physical body. Is mm-hmm. he literally dead on Earth? Is he create his own body? How does that happen? So you have to have a logic behind it.
0: Right. That makes sense.
2: And and if I may, so this is these are the three elements that I've found in time travel things where they have to have their own kind of logic. Mm-hmm. And one of them is the one you've mentioned before with Star Trek, where um, they make a change, and it's always been that change. Then, mm-hmm. right? It t- totally changes uh, society in that way. Another one is um, it's kind of like ripples in the in the r- in the water, mm-hmm. and so um, there there could be like a break there it could take a little while before time catches up mm-hmm. and even when it does it's like throwing a stone in a river right. it's still going to go back to what it's supposed to do there's just going to be this big change in the middle somewhere mm-hmm. right so uh, if you were meant to die at this thing yeah uh, you'll probably die that same way mm-hmm. um and but that's the thing and then the third method that i've noticed is. Um, it You can never change time. What you end up doing is just creating a new fork in the river. Mm-hmm. So you now have a parallel dimension that you're in.
0: Right. Yeah. So
2: those are the three ways that I've seen time travel utilized.
0: Okay. Yeah, that that
1: makes sense. Yeah, it does. They they, is, they kind of come out of different things, like that idea of like a parallel dimension. Mm. That's another one that sort of picks up traction in the 80s. Because the idea when, when like uh, quantum physics and that started taking off that was one of the hypotheses of it was that the idea that everything happens somewhere in 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 like time and space and the continuity even though we're only really aware of one at a time Mm -hmm. because if you remember the the latter one the, the 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 divulgent alternate reality what used to happen in older stories like say the 50s 60s 70s when you did that you would create this other reality that was inevitably where like the evil versions of all of your friends had taken over. And when you'd go back and fix the problem, the timeline would write itself and that other reality would just sort of disappear.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Right. And that it, it was,
1: yeah. And it wasn't until later that they, because they, I, I seem to recall there were some like uh, I think DC comics that did that, but then everybody thought the evil versions of whoever were so cool, they'd bring them back.
0: Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you
1: wouldn't get like a big explanation. It would be like, "Oh, but a little later, I did this, and now I'm back!" Ha ha ha! And when you started getting this alternate realities, alternate worlds, when you when you saw that that hypothesis of of everything happens somewhere in the continuum, mm-hmm. in, in right. the late seventies, early eighties, that's when you really saw that idea of divulgent timelines take off.
0: Right. It's the mul- I the multiverse. Well, I mean it, 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 it's actual can't... science solely influencing. Yeah. You know, time travel fiction. Yeah, yeah. People are starting people. People are like, well, there's always that drive, almost always, to make it quasi realistic, right. Right. And so what they're constantly doing is they're trying to incorporate real science, so to speak, or realistic sounding science anyway, um, into the fiction to make it more believable. Because remember, we're working with a silly idea. It's the same reason why every 10 years or decade or whatever. So superhero powers have a new origin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're radiation, sometimes they're nanotech, sometimes they're um gamma rays. It just every ten years they yeah. come up with some new buzzword to describe why superheroes have powers.
2: True. I actually just so and you could throw it's this at you,
0: you know a new facade to paint on the old uh the old truck, so to speak. Right.
2: Abs- absolutely. You know, I actually um uh created an audio drama about time travel that sort of uses the whole parallel dimensional kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it was called borrowed time. And, uh, it was, it was slightly tongue in cheek in places. And, uh, the main character, he, he was, uh, running a, it worked as a salesman for a car place. And, uh, his neighbor was an inventor. And so he went over there and there was like a huge power surge, which knocked him out. Mm -hmm. And then he woke up and he was okay, but he was like a little dizzy in the whole bit. But then he started realizing that every time he went to sleep, that he woke up in a parallel dimension. Hmm. And And the more sleeps he had, it was becoming more and more divergent. So things became really, really, really bizarre. So like his neighbor was suddenly a woman, right? right and yeah. so, so he's trying to freak out because he, he didn't want to go to sleep after a while. <laughs> he was afraid of all the different things that could happen because at one point he no longer worked where he worked. Right. So, wow. um, it's, yeah. So it's kind of an interesting idea to sort of play with. And I got, I, it's funny cause I got the idea cause I, I remember going to a uh, second city in Toronto um years ago and they had this great sketch with this guy like ran up and he said i'm a time traveler i've done it i've i've gone through time and they're like this lady's like that's amazing how'd you do it he's like yeah, over here let me show you my time capsule and she goes walks in and it's his bedroom and he goes hey lay down here in eight hours it's the future <laughs> i open my eyes and the future has happened eight hours later
0: you know? right yep
2: so i thought what wow how weird would it be that if every time we fell asleep we did wake up but our brains are somewhat tuned slightly differently to an entirely different parallel dimension Mm. so we wake up in a parallel world and we have no idea because it's so close to the original one that would explain why some days are just really crappy and some (laughs) days are really awesome it's like i woke up (laughs) in a really bad dimension (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> that we're actually our consciousness are shifting around among exactly similar alternate <laughs> dimensions. But he is, just, well, okay, that's that's a weird idea. Okay, that's pretty cool. <laughs> See, and now that's why mm.
1: I take, like, you guys have mentioned a couple things. Why I say if you're going to talk time travel, you have to talk about the Fae from like medieval times because you mentioned how in the early, like, late 1800s a lot of these stories had people going into a cave and like passing out or something weird happens
0: mm-hmm.
1: that kind of parallels this idea that the, 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 the fae folk would take you to their world, that mm-hmm. it was often like a ring or a cave or a tree or something like that. That was the gate to their, their world. Mm-hmm. And that idea that losing consciousness that when we sleep, we enter some kind of other, other kind of world, other continuum. Right because mm-hmm. there's a really good um robot chicken segment mm-hmm. <laughs> where they did uh the first person to ever fall asleep and it's this caveman and he's like oh i had a good day of oh no oh what's wrong what's happening am i dying ah and he falls over and then like sun comes he wakes up oh I wasn't so bad no. <laughs> but it, it illustrates that idea that i think for even today mm-hmm. we don't exactly like sleep is almost a weird magical thing because you have these weird dreams. You sort of blink out of reality for a bit and then you pop up like when you wake up and things may have changed during the night. Mm -hmm. We, we don't personally understand exactly what's going on. Like again, going back way, way, way to like caveman times, we have evidence that they kind of thought that there was something mystical about it. Hmm. You've, you've got a lot of cultures that think when you sleep your dream self does stuff or that you enter this other world and that's why dreams mean things
0: right hmm. that makes sense well there is that idea that people see the future in their dreams that's not exactly new that's been there a long mm-hmm. time
1: yeah and, and and that's the idea that uh like the the oracles at delphi now would use special gases that Put them in like a like a semi conscious stupor, yep. and it's that it's that idea that we have to take ourselves out of normal perception and normal the normal continuum. But when we do so, all of the universe opens up to us,
0: right? Yeah, because we transcend time and space.
2: Yeah, it's like the 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 prognostications of of Mother Shipton and Nostradamus and stuff like that mm-hmm. as well for those things. Yeah,
0: mm. interesting. Hmm. All right, so let's um, get away from Fae Folk for a little bit and start moving forward through time. See what I did there? Mm. Um, <laughs> and, um no. Yeah, exactly. So we've mostly been covering the the early stuff from the turn of the century. H.G. Wells, the time machine, kind of set the popular standard in 1895 by, by yeah. it being the first major one where someone actually... Um, actually... Well, okay, that's technically not true. Mm-hmm. H.G. Wells actually did write a book. Uh, let's see, a year. He wrote a book called The Chronic Argonauts, which is about mm-hmm. an inventor taking the time machine through time, taking his assistant on a little trip. So he actually wrote the first t- inventor time machine story seven years before he wrote the one that we all know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, right. kind of la- he lapped himself, so to speak. <laughs> so there we go. Uh so yeah, he, he borrowed from himself or something. I don't know anyway. Actually, this is one one of the more interesting ones on the list. Uh there's a list I'll I'll put it in the show notes of time travel works. Um in nineteen oh four there was one called The Defense at Duffer's Drift by Ernest mm-hmm. Swinton. And this is really interesting. It's actually a military tactics manual filmed as a series of six streams by Lieutenant Backsight Forethought about the defense of a river crossing in the Boer War. His tactics in the early dreams are disastrous, but Backside Forethought learns something each time until the final defense is successful. Which is actually the story, basically, of the movie that just came out a year or so back with Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt, which is called... um, Oh, my God. Edge of Tomorrow? Edge of Tomorrow, yeah, Yeah, that's it. Edge of Tomorrow.
2: I love that movie, by the way. It's one of my favorite movies of the year. Yeah. Yeah, which is actually based
0: on a Japanese novel called All You Need Is Kill. But they thought Edge of Tomorrow yeah. sounded cooler, so or more generic, whatever. <laughs> sure. um, all you need is Kill is pretty cool. Right, but um, sa- same, it's it's same story. Um, the key point is is that that idea that of the character living the same life over and over again through time until they finally get it right. Mm-hmm. Sure. So I thought that that's was that's Groundhog's
2: Day too, yep, right? Groundhog's yeah.
0: Day there as well, yeah.
2: And 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 Daylight, which I actually really enjoyed, and and uh, but it was it was mm-hmm. one of those things that was really a short show that could only last as one season.
0: Mm-hmm. Why?
2: Because it was the same kind of thing as Groundhog Day. Did you not know Daylight? No, I
0: didn't watch Daylight, no.
2: Oh, well, it was very cool. It was kind of like, if you put 24 together with Groundhog Day, mm-hmm. so the main character is a cop, he wakes up beside his loving wife or girlfriend, I forget which. what it is, and uh, then he is arrested um, for some sort of drug thing and he's like, what? What's going on? And he gets thrown into prison. Mm-hmm. Then he kind of gets released and he lives through this horrendous day and she gets killed. She gets murdered. Right. And then when he wakes up again, it happens all over again. And he's got to figure out what happened. Right. Yeah. And why. And so every episode is, what if he did this? Right. Yeah. What if he did that? And it mm-hmm. runs down all the options because, and the thing is at one point he gets shot mm-hmm. and and he wakes up and he's still shot. Oh, so there is consequences. It's not like you can throw yourself in front of a train and wake up and you're immortal. No, no, no. He could die and be dead at this point. So it was very weird. Like he woke huh. up and he's like his his girlfriend is like freaking out because there's blood all over the bed because he's bleeding to death. Hmm. And so one one episode, he's just like, we're going in the car and we're leaving right now. <laughs> yeah. And then he tries to avoid everything. And still it doesn't work. Right. And so there is an answer. They do. They, they finish it off to be able to have an answer. I forget what it is, and I wouldn't spoil you anyway, but it's, it's it was a fun kind of show because it had that sort of 24-edge to it. It was uh, Ty Diggs, mm-hmm. who was mm-hmm. the main character in it,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: uh, yeah, really well done. Really well Oh, done. okay.
0: Wow, that does hmm. sound pretty good.
2: If you like that kind of action-adventure mm-hmm. thing like I do.
0: So. Yeah, okay. Yep, I, can t- I can totally see that. That was pretty good. Um, huh. So uh, let's see, going keeping going forward in time a little bit. Um, again, no puns intended. Um, the next story that I'd say there's there were a number of time travel stories. Um, they were sprinkled through history, um, mm-hmm. but the next <laughs> one that I would say is most famous is actually 1952's "The Sound of Thunder" by Ray Bradbury, mm, right? Because. Of course, that's the one about the guy who goes back and hunts a dinosaur, and by doing that, it causes the whole butterfly effect. Mm-hmm. That's right. When he comes back to the Which presence. they
2: name as a movie later on, Yeah, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so,
0: Which I think, is, does, it, does it come from that? Does it actually come from that yes, story? Yes,
2: it absolutely does come from that story, the butterfly yeah. effect
0: yeah okay and so that's 1952 and i think that's considered again another seminal moment in time travel stories because it introduced that whole idea of changing reality and multiple realities and that whole that whole thing right there
1: um
0: i i think the last two you mentioned
1: Mm -hmm. are important because the defensive duffers drift i think is the first time Mm -hmm. um, a time traveler can actually affect their own outcomes oh that's true up until then, they're usually observers. And I think A Sound of Thunder is the first time a time traveler actually affects things. Mm-hmm. Because you had stories where they'd go back. Like, I think a, kinetic, kinetic, a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court. Right. He does bring some, like, modern technology net, like, to that time. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't catch on. Like, we, we we don't have huge historical records of that. We, we, we didn't get, like, firearms, you know, 100 years earlier. Right. And I think that's why, like, A Sound of Thunder is that idea that it's the first time you can really change the future by going the past. You're not
0: just, like, an observer. Right. I mean, there were other stories where people went to, went to the past, but at that point, they either tried to change it and failed. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, there's one by El uh, Sprague de Camp in 1939 called less darkness fall which is mm-hmm. an archaeologist is transported from rome in the time of mussolini to the sixth century and tries to prevent the fall of the roman empire and i'm I haven't read it but i'm gonna guess he probably fails but <laughs> maybe, yeah. but i'm again who knows maybe less darkness fall i assume is referring to like the dark ages and everything so who, who knows i haven't so but the one was de- the most influential one was definitely bradbury's the sound of thunder um Heinlein did his own ones there was one uh the door into summer by Robert Heinlein um and um actually Asimov did one too the end of eternity Mm. um where in 1955 time guardians carry out reality changes to minimize human suffering as integrated over the whole story of human history but again that's just going forward and kind of jumping around I think yeah.
2: I would say that All You Zombies by Heinlein in 1959 was one too. And that's probably the strangest time travel story I've ever read.
0: Okay. Okay, what's that one about?
2: Oh, it's also in a movie form. Okay. Um, have you never heard of it? Hmm. No, it's, it's, um, it's, I, 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 I'm not saying this to be snarky. I, I have a, I have a department head who goes, have you, have you not heard of this? And he's like, no, I haven't. Or I was like, no, I'm just curious that you haven't heard of it. I forget what it's called, but it recently was out as a movie as well. It's not called All You Zombies, but you'll have to check and see, um, what it is. Let me just check. Uh, it's called Predestination. Oh, Predestination. Okay. Okay. The film with Ethan Hawke. So the story of all you zombies is this guy who goes back in time for they have ways of going back in time to they're trying to find a terrorist. Okay. And he ends up going back in time um, um and what w- what what happens is it's a it starts off with a woman and this she meets this guy and they have like a one night stand and she's pregnant and and it's like it's a ton of different things but the the, the thing of it is and I, it's so complex mm-hmm. but the truth of the matter is is he's his own father mother and son
0: <laughs> uh okay
2: yeah so he, he exists all within himself so like the the, the like the, the woman who gives birth doesn't want the baby so she leaves it at at a door Uh, Which you find out that that's the same way that she was left when she was young at the time. So she went back in time and dropped him off at somebody else's door. Mm -hmm. And then eventually has a sex change and becomes a guy who eventually runs into her later on. Mm -hmm. Has this one night stand with himself. Mm -hmm. And like I said, it is the weirdest time travel story I've ever read. (laughs) Uh, And I think just me explaining it, you'd have to agree. It's pretty strange.
0: Okay.
1: not just time travel, but it's also about masturbation.
2: <laughs> Pretty much. Well, they're not masturbating. Well, they they're
0: all... actually having sex. That's the problem. Yeah, that... With himself.
2: <laughs> With himself. So isn't that yeah exactly the same way?
0: <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun! <laughs> wow. That is so messed up. It's,
2: it's a short story, so go ahead and read it. Um, if you're interested, the movie was in 2014
0: okay um wow okay
2: so we're up we're up to the 59s i just i I kind of threw you completely yeah. off there. So. But, but,
0: and of course once we get to so anyway continue so once we get to 59 of course um then we're starting to get into um other you know television of course has popped up by this point and we're going to get to doctor who which will pop up in 63 so that's not too much later Mm-hmm. Although it was not the first time travel TV show. The first one was in 1951. It was Captain Zero. Captain Z R Zero. Captain, <laughs> scientist Captain Zero works with his remote laboratory, safeguards mankind in history from impending harm. He has a time machine, the ZX 99, both to view history and send someone back in time when the past has been altered. Wow, um, and of course in 1959 we had uh, Mr. Peabody and his boy Sherman uh, on the mm-hmm. Rocky and Bullwinkle show. that also appeared, and so actually in terms of television, the Doctor Who was actually the third time travel series.
1: Hmm.
0: At right. least the third one that's generally listed, anyway. Um, there might have been another one in there or some other time travel thing that happened, but that's the you know that's the third one that's listed.
2: When did when did the cartoon mouse Max show up? who was basically a Canadian. Remember that one? No. But when we were when we were young, mm-hmm. they had a whole bunch of uh cartoons and there was a time tra- traveling mouse by the name of Max that would take you back and give, give you basically history lessons. Kind of thing. Um I don't, remember, I don't, that. I don't know if he was time traveling or if he just never died and he was like throughout all those different times. Um okay. And, uh, you don't remember that? No, not at all. No, it's, I don't know if you remember that they um, was it the, the the claymation Pinocchio and the continuing Wizard of Oz mm-hmm. cartoon series, right? And on Saturday mornings they used to have them, and then they would have Max kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Okay, I have to admit I do not know that one at all. Um, now, are you sure it was Canadian?
2: I'm assuming it was just because it was really bad, uh, animation.
0: Oh, 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 okay. Well, <laughs> no,
2: I, it, it, there was, there was a whole bunch of, like, it was, it was one of those, you know, they had a, there was a whole series of, uh, uh, com, of cartoons that were really bad animation at the time, to be fair. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the Hulk wasn't much better. Well, oh, There no. was a lot a, of like, a lot of like, 60s uh, cartoons
0: that we were watching in our yeah. childhood, yeah,
2: like static, static pictures. And then they would just change the, the, the way the camera like zoomed in on it or yep. something yep. like that. So, <laughs> yeah, sorry, keep going and I'll oh, find yeah. it. Okay.
0: So, so I, I just, I jumped to TV just for, um, just for context at that point. I mean, there mm. are of course, I mean, there are also time travel movies that occur around, uh, around the same time. Actually time travel movies date back to a sec.
1: Oh, well, I go back to the 1800s cause there's, uh, Oh, what the hell is it called? The Ghost of... I can't remember. Oh, the Ghost of Hollow Mountain? No, no, not the Ghost of Hollow Mountain. It's uh, the Ghost of Slumber Mountain.
0: The Ghost of Slumber Mountain. Yes, there it is.
1: Where the yeah. guy falls asleep and he wakes up and this weird little wizard guy has a uh, magnifying uh, telescope that lets him see yes. the past. And they see dinosaurs and then they get chased by dinosaurs. Right.
2: Okay. So I was right. It is a Canadian animated television series. It's called Max the Two Thousand Year Old Mouse. Oh it aired in nineteen sixty seven and uh sixty seven and ninety two. Good grief. No, it could <laughs> have gone that long. And it was very popular in several parts of the world, notably the United States, where it was syndicated on PBS stations for a long time. So but it was a Canadian show. It has hundred and four episodes for Crying Out Loud.
0: Oh my god.
2: I, th- so, I sent you a link. So.
1: I think okay. I remember it, but it got overshadowed by, um, there was another series that yes. was a Once Upon a Time Man was the one that, that as a kid kind of overshadowed the rest
0: of them. Yes, right. th- that was the French one, the French-Japanese one that was basically yeah. the history of humanity.
1: Yeah. And in the opening sequence, the very last scene of the opening sequence is all these guys rushing to a rocket ship to escape the Earth before it explodes and it takes off and you actually see all the little guys on the, uh, launch pad who didn't make it get turned to
0: hamburger. Yep. 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 Good Canadian. By the way,
1: television.
2: <laughs> well, be uh, on top of that. Let's not forget the wonderful stories of professor Kitzel. I Do you remember that? don't know. That, that was another, that was another animated series that sort of was in the same, almost exactly the same as max where uh, professor Kitzel would go through time and teach you about history and stuff right. like that. He, mm-hmm. So, um, yeah.
0: I think there were probably a lot of um, educational shows that use time travel yes. as yeah. the uh, shtick. Hell, that was Doctor Who, right? When Do- Doctor Who was originally it supposed started to be... off that way. Yeah, yeah, it was an educational series. That's why all his yep. early adventures are all just him traveling to other p- points in human history and learning about you know the Romans or the the uh, the Vikings or other groups like that. Well, it that... takes a while before he meets aliens and such. What? Actually, it doesn't. Um, okay. You're
1: right. The The way that they sold it to the BBC was, it'll be educational. And then the second series was Doctor Who and the Daleks. And they're like, fuck educational. We need more cyborg death machines. But that's why if you look at the original Doctor, even the second one, a right? lot of the episodes are historical. Right, yes. And that was because it was
0: supposed to be educational, but they thought, eh, <laughs> nobody's paying attention anyway. So... Oh, you're right. Yep, yep. The Daleks was the second, um, not series, but the second serial that they did was was the Daleks. Yep, that's true. And then, and um, number the fourth was Marco Polo. Then we then the sixth was the Aztecs. Yeah, and they then, did uh, the Reign of Terror. Like the Reign of Terror was, was the last serial that they did in the first season. So yeah, there we go. I mean, mm-hmm. but in between, of course, we have the Daleks, the Edge of Destruction, the Keys of Moranus, which is obviously some, which includes things like the Sea of Death and the Vul- Velvet <laughs> Web and the jungle, Screaming Jungle. So, okay, which sounds like that's more of an adventure one. And the Censorites, which, again, are mm-hmm. some science fiction one. So he was definitely jumping around there. And it looks, yeah. look, and then second, second season had the Romans um, at the Crusade. Mm-hmm. Um, the i guess the chase probably wouldn't be yeah it looks no, like that it, was with the daleks that was with the Daleks. so you can see where slowly the mm-hmm. amount of historical content kind of slowly goes down as this, as the show goes on back and forth kind of yeah. yeah
2: right well it's expensive to do really effective historical pieces which is why voyagers with a capital exclamation mark ended up like we said before, you know, spending most of their time in the 70s and the 80s. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you <laughs> Yeah. You can do you can do much better nowadays. Yes. But back in the day, like nowadays, you know, Outlander and they've got all those other shows that they've doing and they have the budgets and they have the special effects to be able to play with stuff like that. But yeah. back in the even the, even in the 80s it's just good. Timeless is the one I was thinking of the last time. That is out now, which is uh sort of like like Voyager, isn't it?
0: Uh I, I could be. Sure.
1: I know there is one. I don't remember because I yep. saw like the ads for it, and I'm like, it's this weird kind of pseudo steampunk looking time traveler thing, and that's what yep. I thought. That looks like Voyagers.
2: Yeah, it's very much that. Except they have kind of this
0: giant ship thing yes. that they travel, and it's a it's a uh, female history professor and her two male sidekicks who uh, yes. go back in time and basically are trying to mess stop people from uh, messing up time.
2: Abigail Spencer is i think the actress in that so yes or that's the history professor that's her name okay cool yep
0: and um yeah so okay there there's that's true i mean and so we've got people jumping around um another interesting take that the japanese actually did first at least as far as i've seen it is um there's a show on netflix called frequency i don't know if you've seen that where have you seen the
2: movie which was originally the movie
0: There's actually it goes better than that. It was originally a Japanese or no Korean. It was a Korean TV series. Okay, my my wife used to watch that. Yeah, I believe it was before the movie. I'd have to I'd have to double check that. Uh, Why the movie you saw was Korean?
2: No, the movie the movie was out at least. uh, geez, the movie was in two thousand.
0: Oh wait, then maybe the TV series, the Korean one, comes from that because the TV
2: series comes from the original movie frequency.
0: The okay. same. I've seen both. So yeah, it's they they change it. They change the characters a little, but it's exactly the same story that detail. And the oh, movie they, is quite well done. That's right. Hmm. The Korean one is actually called Signal, but it's okay. basically it's a very similar idea. When was because, it done? Uh, let me double check. Actually, let's see if there. I'm just. Okay. Um, hold on a Because this is
2: this is one of those questions that, that we were talking about earlier on. Because frequency, they don't physically inhabit
0: different times. No, they just it's have only the... their voices. They have they have a, a yeah. CB radio that is able to go through time
1: a couple of decades on a very specific
2: frequency per se. Isn't,
1: right. Wasn't that like a Kevin Bacon movie? Like nope. Back no. in like the eighties.
2: No. no. No, uh, no, I know what you're talking about, though. There's a, there is a Kevin Bacon movie that has something similar. It's like Hollow Man or something like that, isn't it? No, that's, I forget. that's
1: the Invisible Man. It's White Noise. White Noise. Okay, yeah, that's it, yeah. Where he can like talk to people using the uh, static of the radio or something. Right. There's a solar and... flare that happens mm-hmm. in frequency, and it throws mm-hmm. things off. So
2: what ends up happening is the guy ends up talking to his father 20 mm-hmm. years in the past. Oh, who's played okay. by Dennis Quaid, and his father mm. dies in uh in uh, a terrible um fire. His father's a firefighter, so he convinces his father not to go out and do that. But then, of course, there's the butterfly effect, and his mother gets on, ending up getting killed by a serial killer. Right. So he has to try to talk his father through trying to stop the serial killer before his, before the, he meets up with his mother, and right. so. Things get more and more tense because you find that the serial killer is still at large during his time. And now that he's sort of uncovering all this kind of stuff, then he's being attacked at his time as much as his mother's being attacked in the past. Right. So it's oh. kind of interesting. Yeah.
0: Huh. Uh, the Korean one is called Signal. It's from 2016. Yeah. And the, the synopsis is, A mysterious walkie-talkie allows a detective in the year 2000 to communicate with a cold case profiler from 2015. Um, And then the two of them are not only working to solve crimes, prevent them from ever taking place. However, a longstanding murder case is closer to home than either realizes. So it's basically the same kind of idea. Um, yeah you, you got two characters at the same time or sorry two characters at different times solving solving connected crimes basically at uh, those two points so and it looks it like so frequency popular.
2: came first yeah the frequency movie came, came first. first yeah there you go and
0: then the japanese even remade that that was a korean one and the japanese in just this year remade it as well gotcha uh, because it was so popular and people i loved it my wife watched the tv series yeah signal and she yeah she was really impressed it was super popular it's supposed to be really well done too um, huh. It actually had one of the highest highest rated dramas in Korean cable TV history. Wow. As well, which again, cable TV history. I mean, they do have broadcasts as well. But but the sure. key point is, it was super super popular. And um, so, time travel dramas, if done right, can can be interesting. There's also another Japanese one that's an anime that's super popular called uh, Steins Gate. Mm. And Steins Gate is basically one about these teenagers start receiving uh, text messages, which they quickly realize are from the future. And some people in the future are sending them text messages, which are actually manipulate and kind of trying to manipulate the events that are happening in the past using these teenagers to change the future. Huh. And um, but the thing is different. The teenage different characters are receiving different messages from different people in the future with different agendas. I believe that's what it's about. I've never watched it myself. I know it was actually based on a, a visual novel, which is a kind of like a role-playing game. And right. then they, uh, but the, the the anime is supposed to be really, really well done. It's actually, I should get around to watching that at some point. But yeah, that's from what I understand is the basic premise. It's about guys receiving text messages from the future. Cool. Right. So, hmm. uh, but so yeah, so messages going back and forth from the future is definitely another form of time travel as well. Tying yeah. back to what Don was saying earlier um okay so all right so actually here's another thought why don't what we do is why don't we talk about our individual favorite time travel series because there's so many in history You're
2: right and can we talk can we talk about and i can start off with one of my um one of my recent favorites but it's it's a different one as well because we talked Mm -hmm. about various different ways lately there's been a lot more of the person it's not a device, but it's a person who has the ability themselves. So things like Mm. The Time Traveler's Wife was very popular about that. And one of my favorite movies, and they tend to be dramas, which is really interesting because they focus on the drama of what would your life be like if that was your ability? And it's not a good thing, right? Mm. Necessarily. So one of my favorites, and my father watched it and he mentioned it to me as well without me mentioning to him, was About Time. Mm -hmm. have you seen that
1: Uh, the movie or the the movie okay
2: it was in 2013 it Mm -hmm. starred Rachel McAdams Um, it's the main character uh, and I forget the main characters uh, the actor's name I'll find it in a second he's been in a number of things recently Um, Bill Nye is in it as well Um, Mm -hmm. Dommel Gleeson and so Dommel Gleeson you'll recognize him in the Star Wars uh, uh, movies recently as well uh, so he's been in a number of different things. So at 21, he discovers that he can travel in time and change what happens in his life, and right. so he tries to make he tries to make the world a better place by getting a girlfriend. He just tries basic things for little things. It's not as easy as what he wants, and then he starts to realize that his father he's gotten this from his father's his father has the same ability as well, and his father's just a regular guy because he found out that the more you messed with time to do things that just to, to try to try to make yourself wealthy, to try to make you, it just worked out really badly and people died, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a really interesting twist in it that's not taking too much away from it. But um, he, he finds that it can, he can only go back – if he goes back in time, like he, he, his, his wife, Rachel McAdams, mm-hmm. is pregnant. If he goes back in time, then when he goes back to the future, his child is different. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he can't go back in time once he's had once he's had a child. Um he can't go before that child's birth or he, that's like a tent post of time or else he endangers that life of that child because there's 2 billion sperm or whatever and it's right. another one that makes that makes the child so I think he right. comes back and he had a girl at one point and now he has a boy and he's like, What mm-hmm. the hell happened? So <laughs> there are, it's really fascinating and it like I said, a really nice drama if you're in the in the in the mood at some point to sit down right. and watch it with Connie, I think she'd like it.
0: Huh. Okay. That would be my oh. wife.
2: That was um, that was on yeah. Netflix too. I don't know if it's still there. Okay.
0: Okay. That sounds pretty cool. How about you, Don? What's one of your favorite time travel stories? I don't know. Like I'm um you
1: mentioned Doctor Who, and that kind of a, a big one for me. Hmm. I th- I think one of my favorite time travel segments mm-hmm. was um, the restaurant at the end of the universe <laughs> from the okay. second from the second uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy book, which was uh, it was Milloways, this big high class yes. restaurant. Milloways. Their, sh- their whole shtick was their the restaurant's encased in the time bubble. Mm-hmm. and the big show for dinner is you get to see the end of the universe you get to see the final destruction of everything and then after it happens a few minutes later this bubble zips you back to like two hours to before it happened right yeah and i always got a kick out of that the one thing that i thought was funny was they had i I forget the name but it was this religious group who was waiting for the return of their god and at the one point the the uh the major d is like well if he's coming he better hurry he's got 14 minutes left. haha! Ha. And then the God shows up and he's got an excuse why he was held up and it wasn't his fault and it's pretty funny.
0: Right. That's pretty good. Okay. Um, for me, I'm going to take uh, one of mine is, of course, Back to the Future. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've always loved that movie. Um, especially the first one. I mean, taken as a set, all three, they do work pretty well together. Especially the, would be the first and second one, especially, because the first and second one are almost perfectly in sync with each other. Uh, right. No pun intended. They literally are in perfect <laughs> sync with each other. The third one I wasn't that impressed with, but whatever, you know, that they, they, I think they went one too many, but the first and second are perfect, perfect time travel stories. They really are. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I definitely, and I mean, it's back to the future. What can you say? It's a classic for a reason. For sure. Yep. So how about you, Jack? Oh. What's another one of your favorites?
2: Um, I'm gonna go back to 1980. I'm I'm feeling all dramatic lately. Um, somewhere <laughs> okay. in time with Christopher oh. Reeve and oh. uh, Jane Seymour. I uh I watched that and I cried. It was uh, very emotional for me when I first watched it the first time because I didn't know what it was about. Do you know that mm-hmm. story?
0: No, I don't. Can you tell us?
2: It's a, again, it's a drama, and Christopher Reeve is comes into this old sort of house. And, um, like it's, it's, it used to be this grand hotel kind of thing. And now it's like an inn and the whole bit. And he meets this old lady who says, come back to me. And she basically dies in front of him. And he's like, what are you talking about? Kind of thing. And he starts researching that she's been there waiting for a long, for many years for somebody. And he goes back and he starts looking at pictures and the whole bit. And he starts talking to some psychologists, like, why would this woman know me and the whole bit? And, and the guy kind of argues, he says, well, you know, I got into hypnosis like really deeply and I worked really, really hard once because I wanted to see, you know, how mess with my perceptions. And for just a moment, I really slipped back in time. I'm sure I did. So he does this. He mm. gets himself into a room. He, 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 uh, wears all the old, uh, clothes of the time. He, uh, starts thinking of himself in this time, the whole bit. And he somehow appears back in right, time yeah. When Jane Se- Seymour and they fall in love and the whole bit, and then mm-hmm. uh, something happens which basically um, reminds him of the future, and mm-hmm. suddenly he's she's you know he's leaving her in a dark uh, hallway and he can't get back to her kind of thing. Right. And so oh. that's kind of like yeah, it's like I said, it's very dramatic and sad, uh, the timeless love story kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So between yeah. that and Time Bandits eighty and eighty one had. <laughs> right that was a great one too so
0: you were a true child of the 80s jack yes
2: there I was
0: (laughs) yeah okay well yeah time bends another excellent one okay Mm Don another one I think I'm gonna have to go with
1: uh, a movie that I'm gonna say it's a near miss Mm -hmm. in that it's not a good movie but it's got a lot of neat ideas it's kind of all there but they never quite pull it together to make a classic Mm mm-hmm and that would be uh, Roger Corman's
0: the undead <laughs> uh okay that i I would admit as usual, you've surprised me with a tr- totally obscure reference. Let's hear it. The whole point of the movie is it was this, uh, it was a, a research. He's like a parapsycholo-
1: parapsychology researcher or something like that. Mm-hmm. This was a, uh, like a 50s movie. So he, of course, studied science, which meant he could rebuild <laughs> your toaster and build a reactor and right. understand biology and cure an alien plague and that because that's what 1950s scientists did. Of course. Um, yeah, And he gets this woman that he uses hypnotism to regress her back through her past lives. Mm-hmm. And she's a woman of ill repute. She's a prostitute. She's kind of obnoxious. And he finds in in, in, in this like, um, she's in, in one of her past lives in this like like dark ages kind of European village. And she's been accused of being a witch. Mm-hmm. And she's in love with this guy who's like a knight and they're trying to find a way to, to, to prove her innocent. But she's going to be burnt at the stake. And what happens is this guy gets obsessed with, with this story. Mm-hmm. so he goes back in time as well he, he she's st- still out he hypnotizes himself to go back to this time period and he does because he's he's wants to find out what happens and while he's back there it turns out there really is a witch and she's summoned the devil and the devil is watching all of this and he makes a bet with the guy from the future about what's going to happen right <laughs> okay to give, to give away the, the ending, what ends up happening is the, the this woman from the future, she realizes that if if she avoids her death, hmm. um all of her future cells, all of the people she'll be reincarnated as won't turn out the same way, and she decides ultimately she can't do that to these to these other people. So she dies, she and when she's executed, it breaks the link, and the scientist guy dies with her that i I, if i remember correctly like he disintegrates into a suit filled of dust in the future and the other scientist he called in to watch this like sees it and doesn't believe it and then you hear like the devil
0: laughing and that's where it ends huh okay that that's pretty impressive
1: it's yeah it's it's there's a mystery science theater episode and i would highly recommend that version hmm but it's like i said it's it's one of those movies it's got so many great ideas but because they probably cranked it out in like three days because it's a roger corman film, right yeah it really doesn't like solidify quite quite but it's still it's entertaining and like i say it's it's there's a lot of cool stuff going on there Mm
0: -hmm. okay that's that's okay that's that's pretty cool okay all right um my um i think i mentioned another show one of my other favorites was a tv series called seven days which oh, i yeah. really enjoyed but yeah. I, back on one of the alternate cable networks back in the 90s i guess it would have been um i think it was on t the tpn the paramount network whatever it was showing voyager i think if i remember right some, some i think it was like on next to voyager or something but whatever uh it was better than voyager overall but it was the action series about where something horrible would happen and they had a time machine that could send this dude back in time seven days And so he would be sent back in time and then he would have to, he would contact the organization that he worked for and say, I'm here. Here's here's what's going to happen. Help me stop it. And so, and there was like three or four seasons of this and every (laughs) episode, and then every episode that was the formula. He just, it basically was just about him going back in time and it was an action series about him trying to prevent something that something horrible that's going to happen. It was, again, just an action series now, but it was fun. And then they, they did a lot of little interesting twists with it. Um, and they even explain eventually where the, how they have time travel technology, but I won't, I'll spoil it anyway. The answer is the Roswell machine. Um, ah. it's actually, <laughs> oh. it's actually, cause Roswell was of course a big thing back in the nineties of that. Point. Of course. They, it, they actually, they were using the part of the technology they got from the Roswell UFO crash. Cause they discovered they to send him back through, through time. But again, they Mm -hmm. can only do it for seven days. Cool. Mm. Um, I'm sure you can find it online someplace anyway. Um, How about you, Jack? Another uh, favorite for time travel stories?
2: Well, I'll I'll give you a favorite and a terrible one. So there you go. Um, uh, (laughs) Journeyman. I should have been on my list of shows that we should have more seasons of. I really Mm -hmm. like Journeyman. I don't know Mm -hmm. if that was star Kevin McKidd. uh, as a San Francisco reporter who involuntarily travels through time. So um, right. it's, it was, it was very cool. Cause they called it like, it was actually called the journeyman. They actually made a, a uh, sorry, I was going to say it's related to the adventure game, but it's not a related to the adventure game called the Journeyman project, but it was a very cool show mm-hmm. and it didn't last very long, suffered from slow ratings. It would have been one of those things that if they had more time, it was right. 2007, I think I said. Um, so I enjoyed that. Um, a terrible one that I enjoyed as a kid, but it also uh, ripped my soul apart a bit was um, based on <laughs> a book that we didn't mention a uh, classic about time travel
0: uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's court by Mark Twain. Yes. Oh. Yeah. So I don't know if you remember this, but in 79 they made actually a, Jack,
0: we mentioned it before you showed up.
2: Oh, there you go. Okay. Fair enough. That's good. <laughs> Unidentified flying oddball. Did you mention that?
1: No, we didn't. <laughs> that, no. Do you remember
2: that one, Don?
1: Yes, I do. Cause, Cause
2: it's, it's a 1979 uh, show from Walt Disney. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's basically the Connecticut Yankee. That's right. Except a he's an
2: astronaut. NASA
1: uh, astronaut. Did he have an Android in that? Oh, God, I can't remember.
0: Because I think I saw that thing in the theater as a kid. My parents hey, used hmm. to take me to see all the Disney movies back in, like, the 70s and such. And so I'm pretty sure <laughs> I, I actually saw that as a kid, but I don't really remember much of it.
2: I only saw it on television. I remember like being really crestfallen because he just sort of scienced out how to pull Excalibur out of the stone. And I went, no way! You know? So he's <laughs> like, I always thought that it was a magnetic thing. And if I just moved it like this, I'd pull it out. I'm like, stop it. Just stop it right now.
0: Mm. <laughs> Sorry. Well, <that's> okay, <laughs> Even boy. as a kid, that bothered me. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you're okay. right. There. Didn't
2: he have some sort of android thing that he brought along with him?
1: Yeah, I, th- I thought that because it was supposed to be that they were testing the android, <gasps> Oh, thought. it was! Hermes! Yeah! That's
2: the name of the android, Hermes. Yeah. Because yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Disney did two sci-fi movies around that time that I remembered as a kid. There was that and it was The Cat from Outer Space. Oh, I remember geez. that too.
0: I saw that mm-hmm. in theaters too. I think well, I saw that at the drive-in.
2: To, well, to be fair, The Black Hole must have come out around there too.
1: Yeah, it was, it was it, I think those were like 76, 77. Yeah. And then the black hole was, like, 79.
2: Well, actually, Unidentified Flying Oddball was 79, apparently.
1: So, was it? Oh, yeah, okay. I got
2: it up here right now. Dennis Dugan is the national NASA employee, Tom Trimble, who unintentionally travels back in time with a lookalike android Hermes. Come on. <laughs> and remember, like, the evil person is, of course, Sir Modred and Merlin, trying to oust King Arthur from his throne. He's just right. like, ugh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, very cool. Um don and any others that you can remember or that you'd like to talk about? Uh I can think of uh two other time travel
1: stuff. One is a uh, a, a story. Mhm. Is uh the Shadow Out of Time by H.P. Lovecraft.
0: Oh. Okay, there we go. Classic. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Cuz that was with the uh, the Great Race of Yith, which are those they look kind of like um a giant cone with four tentacles coming off the top. And the idea is that they have time travel, but what they do is they project their consciousness into bodies in the future. Mm -hmm. And the story is told from the point of a guy that one of them had traded with and everybody in our time thought he had gone nuts and had him committed, but his consciousness went back in time to the city of the, the, the great race where he Mm -hmm. found out how it all worked and he found out what all the different futures were going to be in that. And then, when he gets put back in his body, everybody, of course, thinks he had, like, a psychotic break, and this was all the stuff he's taught about, like, giant aliens and that is just part of his delusion. Right. That's
2: kind of like Travelers a bit, isn't it? The show that they have on now? Where they have to go back and they, like, inhabit somebody else's body in the past, because they can't send their own body, so they send their consciousness back, and basically, they they kill what happens is you'll see like a little time thing like they have for 24 where somebody's about mm-hmm. to die in like 5 seconds and at the moment that person dies they go into that person's body and take it over right. so they don't kill mm-hmm. the person's consciousness they're already dead and then they be, they take over that person's life and the idea is they had to go back in time because they you know human beings have just destroyed the earth in the future so they have to do all sorts of kinds of things to try to change time To be Mm -hmm. able to make sure Mm -hmm. Earth doesn't get destroyed. But you'd think if he did that, then they wouldn't have the technology and then they'd be in the loop. But I don't know. That's, I know it's very popular.
0: In Travelers, is it about the main, are the main characters travelers or are they people trying to stop them?
2: They are the travelers themselves. They are
0: the travelers themselves. Okay. So
2: it's, it's really a story about them. It stars the guy who plays Will in Will and Grace. It's a Canadian show as well
0: yeah oh okay I, I didn't know that i know that there was a series there was a 12 monkeys series also which i think yes. was something like that wasn't it yeah
2: very similar and, kind of story yeah
0: seriously and that was just that was on. i think it just finished on sci-fi it was actually quite popular i never got around mm-hmm. to watching it but supposedly i as i mentioned at very at the beginning jack wasn't here for this i at some point got kind of burnt out on time travel stories a long time ago so i don't right. generally watch them I'm so you never saw them. the
2: original bruce willis 12 monkeys
0: I actually never know. I never did.
2: Oh, it's the um, best. It's really quite well done because it's it's done. Um, it's it's famously done by um the same guy who did you know the Fisher King and yes, and all Terry those Gilliam. kind of Terry Gillum. Thank you, all those yeah, weird yeah. kind of movies. So
0: yeah, no, no, I I would. Um, I mean, there's only a limited handful of time travel um, <laughs> mo- uh, sto- stories that I've been fond of. Oh, of course, Quantum Leap would be yes. one of my favorites as well. Right. Um, huh. except for the end. Screw you, NBC! Screw yes. you, hard.
2: That's a but terrible it, ending, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, hey, sorry, sorry to spoil it, folks. It's an amazing series, but I don't know what they were thinking. I'm still mad after all these years. And I know a lot of people are. Yeah, over, <laughs> over the way that story ends.
2: Yeah, I know, I know. I and, showed it to my sons. Both, both, uh, Aiden and Column have gone through. Uh, <laughs> have gone through it with me, and at the end, they're like, "No, there's got to be more than this." I'm like, nope, that's the way they ended. That sucks. I said, yeah, that's a great way of putting it.
0: (laughs) It, And it's, I can only imagine that they were doing the typical thing of that period where they thought, well, if we have him actually just get back home and everything officially, Mm -hmm. um, then that, that, then A, we can't make more episodes later on. And B, it will ruin the whole syndication value or something like that. The idea is it's meant to be an infinite loop, basically.
2: Right.
0: And (laughs) that's, that was their intent. But it's (sighs) just, but, oh. Oh, because Quantum Leap is such a great series. It really is. Yeah,
2: yeah it
0: is. Scott yeah, Bakula well, did such a great job. Again, you, by you're the way,
2: surprising me, Rob, because you do like Legends of Tomorrow, and that's another time travel show.
0: I'm lukewarm on Legends of Tomorrow. Oh, i have mentioned I, it
2: a number of times. So that's I, I yeah,
0: I, I watch it off and on. It is... I, I I would admit, it's when I watch it, it's kind of a guilty pleasure type thing, because right. it is so... <laughs> crazy yeah. but yet it's a kind of it's yeah it's kind of like um doctor who taken to the next level in a weird sort of way
2: yeah it's, and doctor who, who a, meets justice league or something yeah just because
0: <laughs> i think that was probably their
2: pitch yeah
0: with the whole thing was basically like, it's like a time traveling superhero team it's like oh yeah. okay well that's an interesting idea okay why not <laughs> and now huh. And but they play really, really fast and loose with ever with everything in Legends oh, of Tomorrow. Oh, Boy, do sure. they ever! Absolutely, oh. yeah. everything is played for entertainment value in that. So not not always for the worst. I mean, that's they do definitely not do not take themselves seriously, and mm-hmm. I give them points for that. Actually, cool um, oh. for better and worse. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> so I just want to bring up uh, Quantum Leap as well. Don't want to miss that. So, Don, any others that uh, you think is worth mentioning? Yeah, I got one. I want to say, though, like, Quantum
1: Leap had one thing that bothered the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. That it implies that everything that ever happened in human history is one guy.
0: It almost comes down to that, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, like, it's the, you are the chosen one to the nth degree, and that always
0: kind of drives me nuts. Because if he never, ever gets home, in theory, he could be everyone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That is and true.
2: It, well, and remember means... there was a, there was an evil one, too. There was a woman who, you know, mm-hmm. got, got pulled in by the evil side, and they never really did a whole lot with that, but maybe there's multiple of them.
1: Yeah, because didn't they imply that the idea was that God wanted him to, like, jump yes. around, and that yeah. was... And then, like I say, so that makes it even worse. So not only are we all, like, is, is our future apparently predestined, mm-hmm. it's one guy, you know? The rest of us are barely NPCs in the universe.
0: That's that's one interpretation of it. Okay, oh, that
1: shit makes me so mad. Oh, I hate that.
0: <laughs> and you, okay, this is one of those situations where yeah, you're just taking it too seriously. <laughs> and, um, but uh, but he wasn't everyone. He just many no. people into history.
2: All, e- All you zombies! <laughs> All yeah. you zombies! Yeah,
0: that's true. And to the to a... the to the nth degree, everyone is actually everyone's children and <laughs> exactly. parents and that's grandchildren right. and everything. Yeah. There, there was a
1: good robot chicken uh, quantum leap episode.
0: Was, was there? I didn't see that one.
1: Yeah, where he ends up in like a like a prostitute in the nineteen sixties. <laughs> <laughs> and you, they just they just show a scene with his partner there that only he could see. Work the shaft, Sam! Work the shaft! <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs>
0: oh, that's that, okay then. All so right. now we
2: just jumped up to restricted on our list here. <laughs> Slap <laughs> that yeah, on there.
0: Well, there's not a lot of <laughs> you know. That's one of those things that I'm surprised no one has done. Like I'm surprised yes. that no that no one like for example did like a series of uh, porn movies about people going back in time and having sex with historical figures. I mean, wow. has no sure has no one done that? Able. Maybe they have. I don't watch enough porn, maybe or yeah, something. But
2: I'm sure if you go around, you're going to find something at some point. If not, there is somebody listening going. That's a a thousand dollar idea, right there.
0: <laughs> now, there you go, folks. You can use that one if you want. Yeah, there we go, jumping around and ha- having sex with as his many historical figures as you can. I mean, you know, was Albert Einstein really as good in the sack as people claim? Let's there find out. <laughs>
1: it, and and that kind of loops back around to one of the things that pops up way too often in the show, right? Uh, dinosaur porn. <laughs> oh.
0: Yes, yes, if you want to go back and watch have di- watch dinosaurs having sex, go ahead
1: there's uh yeah,
2: or have sex with them accordingly, so well, mm. which
0: I imagine is but what happens in dinosaur important stories, so that's yeah, right yeah, now, I, to
2: to mm-hmm. bring it back to the p g level, I would be remiss <laughs> if I didn't mention that there are a ton of twilight zones original yeah. and a couple yes. of others that that deal with uh uh time travel as well that I really quite enjoyed, so
0: okay, mm. so what are some of the better time travel twilight Zone episodes, jack
2: uh Definitely, walking distance is one of the number one. Uh, it's 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 a beautifully done story. Again, another little drama, uh, quite cool. Um, but a guy whose car breaks down just before he gets back to his hometown. He's he's been running himself ragged. He walks into the hometown, and when he walks, in, he walks back to his past, and mm-hmm. uh, he doesn't realize it at first. But he's like he tries to get a he tries to get a soda, and the guy says, "Yeah, it's just a nickel." He's like, "A nickel? You're never gonna make any money on that." And then he sees himself playing, and he goes back to his own house, talks to his mom and dad, who are now dead. And they don't mm-hmm. believe who he is at first. And then he tries to chase after himself on a on a, a carousel. And mm-hmm. the kid falls off and breaks his leg. And now he's lame for the rest of his life. And uh, so his father comes up and says, you dropped your wallet. And he goes, it was really that bad? And he goes, I just want to tell him that this is the best time of your life. And just to enjoy it, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And right. it's a, so it's, it's actually a really special one for Rod Serling too, because it says a lot about his childhood and his past and the fact that he couldn't, he, he loved being like a really popular guy, but he desperately wanted to go back into this beautiful past that he could never go back to. Right. Um, the Odyssey of Flight mm-hmm. 33 is a fun one where a plane gets thrown back in time and they can't land and they find that there's like dinosaurs down below, which is kind of creepy. Um mm-hmm. Of late, I think, of Clifford, Cliffordville is another very similar kind of one, like Walking Distance, where they set it up. Mm-hmm. Um, the Execution is a really cool one. They actually have Professor from uh, Gilligan's Island, and mm-hmm. he creates a time-traveling device and uh, actually tra- pulls somebody from the past out of a noose. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the guy is being hung because he's he's an awful person. He ends up killing the Professor. Tries to go back to the to, uh, goes, goes through the 20th century and gets himself killed in the 20th century where a crook comes into the professor's office, uh, puts himself, uh, try to steal stuff, ends up in the machine and puts himself into the noose. So, sort of like <laughs> this universal justice takes place right. no matter what time you're in is the idea. So it's kind of fun. Oh. And
0: then That's they had one that was bold. very
2: weird. I can't remember what it was called. I think it was once upon a time or no time mm-hmm. like the past. I get them kind of confused. But it actually mm-hmm. it was a very bizarre one where they actually brought in, um, oh geez, really famous silent movie
1: uh, uh, I can't actor. Remember.
2: And you know I can't who remember. I'm talking yeah. about, though,
1: right? Um, yeah, he, he was he was in a he was, he in, was in the general, wasn't he?
2: Uh, Buster Keaton.
0: Buster yeah. Keaton. Mm-hmm.
2: Buster Keaton. And he so he's he's an older man now. And the weird thing was is when they brought him like they show any of the clips of him back in time, it's as if it's a silent movie. So mm. nobody talks in the whole bit. And then he comes into the future and he's like stunned that he can talk, right? <laughs> and it's the whole bit. And it's it's it just never quite works, but it's it's kind of fun in, in a various way. Um, oh, huh. they put it they have Shadow Play as, as a time travel one, but it's not. I don't know why that's in that list. Time mm-hmm. Shadow Play is about a dream that never ends, so which is kind of creepy. So but anyway, yeah, those are some of the really mm. good ones. So You
1: miss you missed the best.
2: Which one's oh. the best?
1: The best time travel episode of the original Twilight Zone was "The Incredible World of Horace Ford."
2: Tell me about that one. I, I I've uh-huh. forgotten that one.
1: It's it's one of the it's it's now. There's something that I want to bring up about the these afterwards, but it's the one where the guy is a toy designer and he's all like fed up and he thinks life sucks and he keeps like he goes back to his old like street where he used to live. And all the old kids that were there are still there. And it's just like when he was a kid. Right. And he gets obsessed and he goes back and eventually, because that was the best time of his life, and he goes back and he turns into, like, the kid version of himself. Right. And, and that's where you find out he was kind of a dick when he was a kid and everybody hated him. And they beat the shit out of him. Right. And his wife comes looking and she finds him as an adult and he's all, like, mangled because, like, the neighborhood kids beat the shit out of him when he was a little kid.
2: And, and... and- that's written by Reginald Rose, who was one of the top television writers at the time. So that's mm-hmm. not a surprise. Sorry, go ahead.
1: But what I find interesting, especially when you compare it to nowadays, mm-hmm. is when you look at all of these, the, 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 the time travel Twilight Zone episodes, they're all anti-nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And, and at that time, there was a fair amount of that, not just with the Twilight Zone, this idea that, no, your past really wasn't as great as it was wake yeah. up and look to the future and it's funny to see that considering for how many years like nowadays it's all been about the past was better and the new whatever sucks and you're raping my childhood and things were so much awesomeer before and like uh okay okay because mm-hmm. <laughs> you see you, you see that everywhere like i say you see that especially entertainment you see mm-hmm. that with politics you see that with like uh even sociology and 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 this idea that for some reason the past was this wonderful magical time we've talked about it before how everybody is now nostalgic for their childhoods which was the 70s which is one of the worst times in human history (laughs) okay any any
2: time that has battlestar galactica can't be a bad bad time well, he's got a it point. Depends. on
1: the yeah. early two thousands had Battlestar Galactica. No, 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 the original oh. Battlestar. Galactica. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you quickly. No, no, not that. No. The nineteen eighties had Battlestar Galactica. No, no, it didn't.
2: <laughs> it had Galactica nineteen eighty, and that's all we're going to call it.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, that's all that existed. There was there were none before it. There were none. That's before. the way it is. <laughs> anyway, okay. So I think we've covered that. Anyone else? I mean, let's see other. Of course, great time travel stories. Um, there's an interesting one. I mean, there's, there are, of course, stories like The Terminator, for example, where someone comes from another time to our time. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, is that technically a time travel story? Because if the main characters don't travel, but other characters from that time pop up into our time, is that a time travel story? Yes. Yeah, okay. I would
2: say yes, because they're tra- in, in that, they're trying to change the future. So the, the main mm-hmm. characters are still actively involved. In right. changing time. So if you're actively involved in time in one way or another, it's a time travel Oh, show.
0: that's a good point. Okay, valid point. They are trying, in the Terminator stories, they are trying to change the future. That's right. For better or for worse. Okay, so Terminator definitely counts. All right, any yeah. others that we want to discuss? Well, Terminator, I, I think, is interesting too because the original is
1: a really nifty film. I'm not yes. real excited about anything after. Mm-hmm. But what makes the original interesting is the movie is over before it begins. That's true. Like they, the humans have won. And mm-hmm. the whole point was that Skynet sends the Terminator back as its last ditch effort to prevent the future from happening. Yeah, yeah. And, and like I say, but it's lost. Sky, the war is over right when the movie begins. And I thought that was kind of a, an interesting twist and an interesting idea tying into that. Can you actually change the future by changing the past or do you just follow the established timeline?
2: This was kind of an interesting aspect that they tried to do in the first and second movie where the idea was, um, and by the time you get to the third movie, it was so depressing because they said, no, you can never change it. Where the whole idea in the second movie was, yes, the future is not written. And Mm -hmm. so it was, it left you with a hopeful moment. And you might argue that like the main character was Sarah Connors, right? Yes. That Mm. everything really focused around her for all the movies, even though she's not the main character in all the movies, but uh, Mm. any movie that she's in and even the television series that she's in, it's, it's all, it all focuses on the changes of, uh, that, that she can make in the future. Mm. Uh, often by, you know, giving birth to the, the, the savior of the human race in that way. Right. So uh, I, that's what I found depressing about uh, watching uh, Terminator as time went by, because um, if mm-hmm. they left it at the end of two, then you still had this feeling like you weren't stuck. Right. But, ne- but after that, then this is like, what's the point? What are you really fighting right. against if it's already written and there's nothing you can do?
1: Yeah, depending which end of two you deal with. Because my, my, yeah. pro- set, I, I didn't like the second movie at all. Okay. Just, just mm-hmm. because, again, it was that idea. The first one told a really interesting, self contained story. And then the second was, mm-hmm. but then a little later on, we found out Skynet had another Terminator. So we sent another guy back. And you're like, well, at this point, why aren't you just fucking littering history with, <laughs> with tons of these? Like, like I said, just dear Skynet don't send bodybuilders and fashion models, like I say, an old guy and a German shepherd, <laughs> send them send them back to the 1920s congratulations, you win you know? mm-hmm. and and it goes to that, that problem with time travels, once you establish that time travels a thing in your story nothing mm-hmm. matters anymore because you can always retcon everything whenever you need just to drag the fucking story out for another 8 movies, 2 comic book series
0: and a television show right which is what they do i mean again mm-hmm. milking it although i think it's pretty dead i think they they beat it to death basically
2: unless you, unless again you're doing the um the butterfly effect thing right and so right. whatever changes you make are just going to make things worse right? right there was another movie that i i didn't see on this list um was it called time lapse
0: i don't know that one okay
2: and again, it was one I saw on Netflix that I didn't get, which was really interesting because it was very and it wasn't on the on the Twilight Zone list. Yeah, it is mm-hmm. called Time Lapse. There you go, 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so I I swear it was from a Twilight Zone uh, show. Twilight Zone movie was called The Most Unusual Camera. Where actually they mm-hmm. took a picture, and every time they took a picture, like five minutes later, whatever the picture showed would come true. Oh,
0: mm-hmm. okay.
2: So, uh, it, it's it the people who get it in their first part are these sort of bumbling crooks who find it in a curio shop and they rob the curio mm-hmm. shop and they go, well, we better give it, let's give it to science. What do we ever you know, we, we do? We need to do something for humankind. And then they notice on the TV, <laughs> they notice on TV that there's going to be like the racehorses tomorrow. And they're like, we can make a lot of money with this. And the guy says, what about humankind? He goes, what do they ever do for us? Right? <laughs> and, and so then they, they make money, but they find out there's only so many pictures available um right. and so then there's like we, we they, they get in real trouble because they have like three left and there's like well what do we do with it and i don't want to spoil you but because it's a it's kind of a funny show so time lapse the movie was um similar kind of situation where you have uh three mm-hmm. people living together one of them is um they're in kind of like sort of like a, a bunch of homes sort of like so like a motel setup, right? With with a whole mm-hmm. bunch of people living in this massive sort of spru- sprawling motel. And the one guy who's been working as the maintenance guy for this place, and they find out that this right across from them uh, mm-hmm. is this scientist who dies. And he has this huge projector-like camera, which is like literally as tall as the ceiling goes out. It's like it's like eight tons. Like it's this massive mm-hmm. projector. And it's faced through the, his window to... T- Onto their window. And right. every day at the same time, it takes a picture and shows them exactly what's going to happen 24 hours in the future through their window. Okay. And so stuff goes really messed up. Like, they, they at one point, they find out they have, like money and like where's that coming from why am i hanging out with money and so once they know that there's going to something happen in the future they decide mm-hmm. that they're going to hang out there to send messages back to each other into the past right to change things too so it's, it's it's pretty cool thing it was on on netflix check it out
0: hmm. Hmm. okay yeah sounds time, good time lapse time lapse okay uh, definitely we'll put a, a link to the imdb listing for it in the show notes
2: Poor, poor rob we make him work so
0: hard <laughs> well i only do half to work don is the one who actually hyperlinks them all i just have to write them down
2: oh okay mm. that's good poor don <laughs> he, he does all this work he's yeah. the one who actually
0: has to go find uh, find hyperlinks for everything so <laughs> well i do a little bit of it sometimes but that, that's you know that's don's contribution and i greatly appreciate it there you it go. Makes things a little faster <laughs> um so on that note, I I think it's time to bring this episode to a close. Uh, um, uh, thank you, thank you very mm-hmm. much. Uh, try the veal. <laughs> so, um, Don, do you have any final thoughts about time travel before we stop today?
1: Uh, I think we discovered something interesting here that we can't talk coherently about time travel. No, that if you mention uh, Star Trek three times,
0: Jack Ward shows up. <laughs> oh well, yes, that is true. It does. It, he's. It's like Beetlejuice. That's right. <laughs> Anything else interesting that we found, Don?
1: Uh, I think, again, it's it's that idea that, and we've got a big, wide variety of examples of time travel. Mm -hmm. It's like we were saying at the beginning, this is one of those things that people feel there's established, proper, this is how it works kind of notation to, but there actually isn't. And again, time travel is one of those things Mm. You can use it for a lot of stuff. Um, It can be good or bad, depending on how you're using it. It can be completely misused. It can lead Mm -hmm. to all kinds of weird sort of things. And it's another thing that I think, at least for now, bridges that gap between science fiction and fantasy.
0: Yeah, no, no, I agree with you. We perceive it as science fiction, but for the most Mm. part, I'd say it's still just fantasy.
2: Yeah, yeah, that was one thing that always drove me crazy with a friend of mine, because he used to hate time travel movies, because that's not how time travel works. And I went, what do you mean? That's <laughs> not how it's... we? Do... Mm. It doesn't happen. What are you talking yep. about? But he was so adamant that he knew exactly how time travel worked. And he hated that movies always ruined it. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? It is fantasy at this point, at least, as far as we know. Mm.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, although, as I was mentioning to Don earlier, there is an article on uh, BBC News, uh, bbc.com, we can build a real-time machine. Traveling in time might sound like a flight of fantasy, but some physicists think it might be really possible. BBC Horizon looked at some of the most promising ideas for a sta- for turning the staple of science fiction into rea- into reality. And there's this guy named Ron Millette. This will probably be on Mysterious Universe this week or something like that. Cool. But apparently... He uh, thinks he uh, he thinks he might have figured out a way to actually build a uh, time machine. He's actually like a fi- professor of physics.
2: So, pers- him from the future will come back and kill him. You know that. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. Basically, he <laughs> wants. To, bah, bah, I think bah. he. I think according to this, he wants to use a wormhole. He basically thinks wormholes gotcha. might possibly go through time. And so he thinks that you could possibly do that. But of course, the problem is as soon as you start doing that, we'd never know because of course he would probably change time or it just doesn't work. And he gets squished during the process. There's also that.
1: And, and in real life, we don't know what a wormhole is or even if
0: they are. Well, they're theoretical, but mm-hmm. as we mentioned earlier, they're supposed to exist. We're pretty sure that they exist, but we're not a hundred percent sure how to control them or use them. Hmm. So that so that is a bit of an issue, um, but yeah. So so, so time travel. Um, I guess you know I I said earlier that I don't like time travel stories. I guess I don't like bad ones. I mean I like good <laughs> ones like anyone else. But it's they're so easy to go to do poorly, and I also think that time travel very often just ends up being a gimmick that is self defeating at the end. A lot of times yeah. it's like, well, why didn't they just do this instead? Then they could have just solved the problem right oh, away.
2: Oh, Triangle, the movie Triangle that's mm-hmm. what that reminds me of too you'll have to check that one out it's the same kind of thing where it's very frustrating but it's well done to a certain degree but it is one of those cyclical things which drives you crazy right so mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. exactly and those are those kinds of stories i mean i guess some people do like them but for the most part i find uh yeah i find time travel stories just really annoying unless they're done well right I mean, even we talked about Edge of Tomorrow, all you need is kill earlier. Time Cruise and Emily Blunt, where he's doing, living the same day over and over and over again. The Groundhog effect, basically. Right. Which, mm-hmm. once you realize that, I thought about it earlier. It's like, it kind of takes some of the edge off the whole thing. Because you know, especially in that movie, where he can't really die. He's just, he really, we're just watching someone try endlessly until they finally do succeed. It's right.
2: not fun getting killed, though.
0: It's definitely not <laughs> fun getting killed over and over again. That's that absolutely right. is true.
2: You could see that in the movie's like, "No, no, no." <laughs> and they just yeah, keep that's, shooting that's true. Him. He, Dying
0: dying horribly again and again and again does yes. kind of suck. <laughs> okay. That that's I and I think that that's probably an excellent note to end our time travel episode <laughs> on. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Jack. I didn't give you the chance. Is there anything you want to say before we went?
2: Well, I just want to say that you just gave me a really good idea where a time traveler like like Tom Cruise from Edge of Tomorrow ends up in the psychiatrist's office to try to explain all of his psychological scars. <laughs> it takes him six months to just go through, like, the first thousand years of days that he had to do. Right. <laughs> you could have fun with it. Thank you so much again for including me. This is always fun, guys. No, no.
0: Um, we're glad that you were able to drop by. Um, mm-hmm. We'll definitely have to summon you again at some point in the future, to uh, <laughs> to talk about another awesome subject, and uh, hopefully, you listeners will also uh, summon us through the podcatcher of your choice and listen to us again in uh, two weeks. Until then, good night, God bless, good luck, and may all your futures be good ones. Oh.
2: <laughs> again and again.
0: Good night, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show.